0: Hey, you're listening to Peyton McCormick. I play Rem Tokemia in Final Fantasy Type Zero HD, and you're listening to Final Fantasy Union.
1: everyone and welcome to another special edition of the Final Fantasy Union podcast to celebrate the release of Final Fantasy Type-0 HD. I'm your host Daryl and I'm joined again by Dan from Square Enix. Hello! And the lovely Peyton McCormick. Hey Peyton! Hi! How's it going?
0: It's going really well.
1: It's, I hear it's very sunny over there again.
0: It is, I'm loving it. It's about sunny and 90 degrees Fahrenheit. I don't know what that is Celsius, but oh, that's a, it's really lovely. It's like
1: 30, <laughs> 30-ish degrees. Yeah, high yeah. 20s. Yeah, it's hot. We you never can get go outside with
0: a nice tan in one day, so come to LA, everybody.
2: I just came back from LA and I already miss it. The, the sun <laughs> Yeah,
0: come back. Yeah, you're like, <laughs> not the traffic, not the people, <laughs> yeah. not
1: the smog. So, payton has been acting for quite a few years now and has appeared in a few hit TV shows, such as The Mentalist and General Hospital, but everyone listening may recognise her as the voice of Rem in Type 0 HD. Hooray! Woo! Yeah. We
2: love Rem! Woohoo!
1: <laughs> So before we dive into questions there, I'd like to remind everyone that Final Fantasy Union is part of a podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union, and it's presented by the Gaming Union Network and Square Enix. It will come out on the iTunes Store, FinalFantasyUnion.com and YouTube.com forward slash FFUnionVids. So this first question is from Captain Paul Lamar. He wants to know what attracted you to this role?
0: Well, what attracted me to it was that they decided to cast me. (laughs) (laughs) So that's awesome. But uh, when I had originally gotten the copy, um, it gives you a little brief character description, kind of a photo of the character, and then a few lines of dialogue. And honestly, I kind of was attracted to the character from the get-go because she was kind of similar to me, but she had a couple of daggers. She looked like a badass. It was... Kind of something <laughs> that anyone would want to do, really. And I, um, we didn't know that it was going to be Final Fantasy. That was not something that was in the title anywhere. It was under a coded name, so I knew it was going to be a video game, and it looked like something I would have wanted to play anyway. It looked pretty familiar, so I thought, maybe it'll be something that people will know about or play, so... Lucky me that it ended up being Final Fantasy, but I was attracted to it from the get go just because it seemed really cool.
2: So, moving on to the next question from Sword Apollo 7 What was your favorite part about playing Rem? My
0: favorite part about playing Rem was honestly just going in and discovering the story that was unfolding in this game um, because I had no idea what was on the table, I didn't have any idea what to expect. And so when I walked in and you see these amazing graphics and this story that is really emotionally charged, you know, I was crying in some of the uh, recording sessions even because I was just like, oh, my God, this is so amazing. So my favorite part was just, like, getting involved in that story. Usually the characters that I play are comedic and it's really lighthearted. So to be able to do something kind of serious and intense was... A pleasure because I just don't get to do that very often usually I like to do the comedic stuff and the dramatic stuff they usually give to tall brunettes not short blonde girls <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully um, when people see me in this role or hear me in this role they can kind of give me some more dramatic stuff to play with
2: cool actually um you mentioned that yeah the story is well just, uh, watching unfold is your favorite part but did, did you find it easy to follow, to understand?
0: Yeah, you only have one side of it. You only have your lines to look at. Um, but as they're putting it together, they're kind of doing it in front of you because you're in some of the takes matching like lip syncing because um, they've already had the finished Japanese version. So you can see what's going on to an extent. There are a lot of holes that I've been able to fill in just like by looking online or by hearing about it from other people. But you do get a good sense of what's going on just off of the little bit that you have and then what you see in front of you. You have enough that you can feel it.
1: Just out of curiosity, do you get to record the lines in order that they would appear in the game then, or do they kind of free-for-all it?
0: It's kind of a free-for-all. I think for the most part, there is at least At least on the day, it'll be kind of in an order. It won't be totally random, but it certainly does get kind of...
1: So that must get quite confusing then when you're trying to piece it all together.
0: Um, Well, you know, from minute to minute, it makes sense. When you step back and look at the whole session, yeah, it's chaos. But from minute to minute, it makes sense because you can kind of see what's going on in front of you. They have the screen in front of you. You can see, you know, the characters so you can kind of get a sense of what's going on. But every now and then you'd have to re-record something that didn't work from the time before, and that would be totally random. Because you might not even remember the context that it came from, and you're just like, this one line was weird. Uh." And that's when you really have to ask questions like, what was going on? What did they respond to me with? So that you can truthfully you know, record something that sounds like someone would naturally say it instead of something that's totally out of context.
1: Yeah, because I guess you might be in a completely different emotional mindset at that point as well.
0: Yeah. And, you know, it's been a long time. It can go, you know, any given amount of time. And with so much going on in between, sometimes you really do need a refresher.
1: Okay, well, this next question is from Dema Varman. He wants to know, was there any part of Rem's character that you saw in yourself? And if so, did that affect the way you portrayed her?
0: Yes, we actually did have a lot of similarities, but also a lot of differences. I found Rim to be really um, innocent, but not naive. Like, she's very smart and grounded and mature, but she's got this, like, hopefulness about her, this innocence about her um, that keeps her from being too serious and too, um, like, kind of old or motherly. So she doesn't have the kind of advice that a mother would give, but definitely not that of a normal 17-year-old girl, which um, I've found that, you know, I do have the same kind of hopefulness about me, but I might not be as grounded as Rem I find that I can be kind of like fluttery and scattered and spontaneous and crazy. And I think she's very grounded and she's not chaotic. She's got a sense of what's going on around her at all times. And when, like, for example, I'm not going to give any of the story away, but like in in times when Machina needs advice or something like that, she always says the right thing. She's always got good advice to give. So I think that, um, you know, she's also got this very strong feminine energy about her, which I hope that I have in my everyday life. Um, because she's very feminine, very girly, but no one would mess with her. She's very strong. She doesn't give off a vibe that says you can mess with her. She gives off a vibe that says she's dangerous. But at the same time, she's very girly and feminine and bubbly. It's, it's a good combination, and I hope that that's something that I portray <laughs> myself personally.
2: Yeah, Wen's actually, correct me if I'm wrong, but she's the strongest magic user in, in class. I believe zero, so, right? yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. And that's one thing I also really like. I love that she's got this thing with magic because when I was even like playing when I was a little kid, I feel like those are the things that I would kind of like pick and choose about the characters that I would be when I was just like playing and, you know, playtime as a child. So, and I was also certified with daggers. So that's something that we're also similar. (laughs) I don't know if I'm quite as skilled as Rem, but maybe I could pretend I am in movies.
2: Still, <laughs> it's something I'm definitely going to jot down just in case we ever end up in the same room.
0: <laughs> he's a meet in person. <laughs> yes, I have experience with daggers.
2: <laughs> actually, did you know um, that... I, I spoke to the director of Type 0 HD, um, Hajime Tabata, a while ago. And did you know um, Rem's actually one of his favorite characters because, quote-unquote, he likes to use because he's cute. So, very feminine. So, there's, that's another, yeah, another fan... Uh, from that kind of angle.
0: Good. Well, I like that. (laughs) That makes me happy.
2: Cool. So let's move on to the next question by Theodore70941. And he asks, were there any parts when recording that took a lot of work to get right?
0: There was definitely a lot of translating that had to be done. um, Because when you get the Japanese translations, they're not always spot on. (laughs) So every now and then we'd come across a sentence that just did not make any sense. And you would have to find a way to reword it in a way that would make sense in the amount of time it needed to be in with the exact same cadence. Um, Because a lot of the time we were matching movements with the mouth. So to try and make something that made no sense in English make sense in the exact amount of time we needed it to make sense in, there was a lot of uh, like replacing different words, trying things out, saying sentences, and then being like, okay, that just makes absolutely no sense at all. But in terms of getting like the emotion right and stuff like that, there really wasn't very much of an issue because they're the best of the best. They're very clear about what they want. Um, and usually when you're recording, you have a lot of chances to get it right. So... Um, Especially with the Japanese version that they would play you, a lot of the time they would say, you know, here's the Japanese version, try and bring some of that to it. And every now and then you would get, you know, a paragraph that you have to read and the Japanese version is two seconds long. (laughs) And so they'll be like, okay, uh, how do I bring all of, uh, you know, this paragraph, you know, bring that to that? And also vice versa. Sometimes you'd have one word and the Japanese would be playing and it would go on for 30 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) And so um, there was little things like that. But for the most part, it was easy peasy. Um, They're so clear. And honestly, I was so emotionally charged and into it that it was cake. It's a lot, in my opinion, easier than Acting on screen or you know modeling or doing anything like that where you're trying to convey emotion um, Because you know you can do whatever you want with your face and body You don't have to be conscious of that. You're just trying to get the voice out and that's something that most of us have You know luckily the ability to do And we do probably a little too much is talk <laughs> and you know, to be able to not worry about what you're wearing, what you look like, what you're doing with your hands, what you're doing with your face, and to just be going. It's like when you're reading a book to a little kid or telling a really funny story to your friends or telling a really sad story. It's more fun because you're not worried about the rest of it.
1: Cool. Um, Well, this this next question is from Lizzie. who wants to know, A, have you listened to Remstein? and B, if so, how do you think it represents your character?
0: I have been listening to Rem's theme. (laughs) I really like it, and I do think it represents her well because it's kind of an understated, very calming, but also very, like, serious. Like, it kind of gets you amped up, but not in a way that you're wanting to go out and burn the world down. It's kind of like this quiet strength, And uh, I really like it, and it reminds me, actually, of the song that I would listen to when I would get ready to play Ram, which was um, Neon Bible by Arcade Fire, which might seem kind of random to some people, but for some reason the emotion and feeling in that song really got me to where I needed to be emotionally to be REM. And I do think that, oddly, those two songs sound very similar. If you play them side by side, they kind of go together. So I don't think it's a coincidence. I think it's because it is the mood of Rem. It's kind of who she is. And you can pick up on that whether you're trying to play her or whether you're playing her in the game, <laughs> whether you're just listening to the soundtrack.
2: Cool. And um, Craig Griffiths asks, have you ever played any of the other Final Fantasy games?
0: I haven't played them myself. I've listened to the soundtracks um, and I loved Kingdom Hearts. Um, I would actually sit and watch my brother play Kingdom Hearts for hours and hours. I was so emotionally invested in that game. My sister and I would sit there after school and like bake cookies, have popcorn, and we would just watch my brother play Kingdom Hearts because if we touched that game, it was World War III. It was like a mental breakdown. He was so protective over it. Um but we loved it. And I think that the plot heavy kind of themes that go on, I just think it's so, such an intense story. And there's so many like, like just cool themes that happen throughout. Like, and I, I can't give away storylines to people who haven't played it. Like, it's just, it gets so intense. Like, all these different storylines, and I don't know how the characters interact with each other and like in kingdom hearts i would sit there and get so emotionally involved in it and i know it's the same with all the final fantasy games like people love these characters and they get really into it like hours of their lives go weeks months of their lives go to these games years maybe for some people and it's because they're awesome
2: yeah speaking of the music actually you mentioned um that you're a big fan of without actually playing the games which is really interesting, because a lot of, you know, it's usually the other way around.
0: Yeah, well, it's because my brother um, would play them pretty much, and he would download them on iTunes, they'd come to my cloud, and I would listen to it too. <laughs> it's good music.
2: Uh, which which one's your favorite, though? Which which uh, game has the best soundtrack, do you reckon?
0: Oh, gosh.
2: If you had to pick one? I don't
0: even know, because they just come on shuffle. I'm really into Rim's theme right now, honestly. I'm just going to listen to that and repeat for, like, days, I'm sure. <laughs>
2: Okay, so next question is from Harley Darks Crawley. Uh, what has been the most rewarding part of voicing a Final Fantasy character?
0: Uh, I think the most rewarding part was, you know, the after effect that's happening right now. Um, It's really cool to because I didn't know what I was doing at first. I had no idea how big a deal this was. I had no idea, you know, how intense it it was with the fans and all of that. So I think the most rewarding part is probably even yet to come when I actually get and sit and play this game because I haven't gotten to play it yet. So I really want to sit and like hear it all and hear the other characters, and it'll probably make so much more sense to me once I actually sit. And play it i 'll probably love it ten times more than I already do now, um, but hearing fan response and like seeing some comments that i 've seen online where people say that she 's their favorite character and they love her and all of that stuff, I had no concept of that while I was recording it. I had no idea that that would happen or that people would respond to this character so I think that might even be the only role that I've ever done so far where I've gotten such an amazing response. So I'm kind of taken aback by people like actually playing with this character and loving her and talking about how much they like her online and how much they want to hug her, some like fans have been saying, and things like that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, the fact that my voice has anything to do with that is amazing to me. So... That's really rewarding, <laughs> and I'm sure it's only going to get more rewarding. So I'm excited to see like, what the future brings and to play this game myself.
1: I guess you're also in kind of a unique position as well because not too many people get to play a video game where they're actually in it and play as themselves.
0: Yeah. And when I would play video games when I was younger, like DOA, um, I was super connected to those characters. Like I thought I was Kasumi. And now I'm going to be playing this game where like I actually that is my voice. <laughs> so it's going to be crazy. It's going to be so fun. Um, But it's always weird to listen to yourself. So I wonder if I'm going to recognize my voice <laughs> and be like, oh, it's weird. Because, I mean, even watching yourself on screen, it is kind of strange. A lot of actors don't even like watching themselves. So I'm wondering if it's going to be weird with voiceover, too. Am I going to be like, oh, it's weird to hear my own voice? Or am I even going to notice? Because it's so seamless, this game. I'm like, am I going to realize this is me?
2: (laughs) Yeah, I couldn't do it. If I was ever, I mean, listening back on other podcasts and other things, i where my voice is somewhere on the internet, I can barely listen to myself there. I don't know if I could ever (laughs) be in a game and play that game.
0: So I'm just like, I wonder if it's going to be weird like that. I'm really excited to play it.
1: Well, kind of on that theme, um, are you looking to do more voice work in the future?
0: Yes. Yes. I have got to do more voice work in the future. Um, Mostly because it is the most fun acting job I have ever had. Um, You don't have to worry about how you look, like I said before. You don't have to worry about anything, really. You just get in there. You don't have to memorize anything beforehand. You show up comfortable, and then you just get to play, and you just get to use your imagination. And because there's so little that you're given, actually, on the day, you get to use your imagination 50 times more than you would ever imagine. Like, if you're actually in a voiceover room, it is... You know, not that much is in there. It's like a giant microphone in front of your face, a little stool behind you, a music stand with your lines on it, and then maybe like a screen in front of you to show you the graphics. And that's it. So you have nothing. It's probably very similar to like when actors are on a green screen. They have nothing to go off of and you just kind of have to put yourself back in your four-year-old mind and be like creating an entire world of imagination around you. And that is so fun as an actor. It is so fulfilling um, because if you're on a set, there's only so much they can do. Especially since CGI has come so far, it's really rare that you're in the actual world that you're supposed to be in. Um, you have to be like on a set that is, you know, extremely decked out and dressed to feel like you're in the actual environment. So, you know, when you're doing something like CGI or voiceover, it's amazing because you're just like. It's like when you were a little kid. It's when you just put yourself in a complete random world of imagination that you create yourself and have a blast. It's kind of why I don't like seeing movies of books. Like I will never go see Harry Potter the movie because what's in my imagination that I created is so much cooler than anything they could have put on screen. And I don't want to see Daniel Radcliffe's face if I ever were to reread those books again, you know? So does that mean you're going
1: to be like dead against (laughs) mocap?
0: No, (laughs) no, I'm definitely not going to be dead against it. But it's just like things that I've worked really hard to create the world in my imagination, like it's sacred to me. And so the time I spent in that little voiceover booth is like sacred because it's like a little imagination land that I created um, even though you can kind of see some graphics on the screen, you really have to put yourself there, it's really fun
2: Cool, actually to go into that a little bit more Lizzie asked a question uh, about um, how much context were you given before reading your lines, and you mentioned, yeah, where you have you go in there, you kind of create this you know, this imagination this landscape in your mind, I mean were you given a lot of direction into what that, that would be how that would be shaped, or is it purely you know, you left to your own devices to figure out
0: I mean, they're very clear when they tell you, like, right now you're really stressed out, you're at a 10. Or, you know, they'll tell you you're really sad here or you're just totally happy, or are in a good mood here. But they're, that's about as clear as they are. They're not going to give you, like, all right, let's get into the moment. They're not, like, acting coaches who are telling you what to do step by step. It's really up to you as the actor to make those choices Because, also, they're not actors and they've never been actors. They have no idea how to tell you, like, that kind of direction necessarily. It's all coming from a very technical perspective um, on their part. And, um, you know, you're given the context of the Japanese version for a lot of the lines. But, like I said, it's so different just in terms of, like, the amount of time they're even speaking that you really have to do everything on your own for the most part. And you don't even have the other characters' lines. So a lot of the like parts where I'm talking to Machina, um, there'd be things where I have no idea what questions he's asking me. I don't know what I'm responding to, so I would just come up with it in my head. And it'll be really interesting to see if everything is actually what I thought it was when I play the game. But yeah, you're given a little bit. I would say if, if I had to give it a scale, you're given probably 30%. And you have to come up with the rest. So uh, it's a lot of imagination. Yeah,
1: it must be really fun, but also a little bit scary.
0: It can be intimidating just because Japan is on the phone. And if you do a bad job, like, I mean, uh, it was my first big voiceover job. So I didn't want to screw up and have them be like, she's terrible. Get her out. Call someone new. (laughs) You know, so it was intimidating on that level just because, I mean, I knew what I was doing and I had to be confident in that, but I didn't really have anything else to compare it to, <laughs> so um, I just kind of had to hope that this is you know, the caliber of professionalism that they expected. I just had to hope that I was giving them that, and I hope that I did. I assume that I did since they didn't cast me away and fire me. Um, And since I'm getting a pretty decent response from fans, I'm like, okay, maybe I did all right. My first big voiceover job. So maybe it'll lead to some more work, hopefully, in the future, because I had the time of my life recording. So hopefully I get to do some more.
1: So this next question is from Theodore70941 again. And he wants to know, what was your favorite part of recording in the game? Like, were there any specific lines that you really enjoyed?
0: Uh, I wish I could remember all of the dialogue. Some of it was so crazy and complicated that I would be like, "What am I even talking about?" And then I would uh, figure it out after asking them a few questions. But I loved recording all of the like reactions and the punches and the the like fighting noises, the grunts and things like that. Because when I would play video games growing up, that's what we would always kind of. You know, you do it over and over and over. I had all those sounds, like, memorized, and I thought they were so funny. And so to get to record those, like, those, like, and things like that, I was like, oh, my God, this is just too great. Like, I could hardly keep a straight face while I was doing it because I was just so, like, I was just geeking out that I was recording those, like, punching noises and, like, screams and, like, you know, Continue those kind of things like that just make me like die. It's so funny. So uh, I mean, of course, in the game, she's like you know getting smacked around, it's not funny, but to record the actual <laughs> noises is it's just like you can't believe you're actually doing it. <laughs> so I would have to say the, the crazy grunts and grunts and action noises were my favorite parts of recording, <laughs> like uh, as, far as as far as that's concerned.
1: Cool. I think that's pretty much all the questions we have, actually.
0: Don't want to know about how I was sick?
1: (laughs) Well, you know, if you've got any more stories you want to share, feel free. Yeah,
0: because, you know, I hope I'm not giving too much away, but in the game, there is a part where Ram does have a sickness, and I was freaking out because when you book a voiceover job, you want your voice to be top-notch. Like, Healthy as it can be. And I, of course, the day we're going into record, have like a mild case of bronchitis, and I'm trying so hard to like drink tea, cover it, keep it a secret, because I didn't want to get replaced on the job. And I was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? I am hacking up a lung. I sound terrible. And sure enough, when I show up, they're like, are you good at, you know, like coughing, sounding really sick? And I was like, hmm, oh, that might. I, I might be able to, <laughs> let's see what I can do. And they were like, oh my gosh, that's a really convincing cough. Like that sounds like you really got like some phlegm up in there. Like you sound really sick. And I was like, yeah, I've really worked hard on this. <laughs> a lot of studying that goes, in, you have to really work hard to get good at this. And I left there going, thank God, that's what we were recording is because I was so sick and I thought I was gonna like lose the job instead it worked out perfectly so if you're playing the game and i sound really ill that is not acting that is bronchitis
1: (laughs) so there you go bronchitis is pretty serious as well
0: yeah that is how method i am
1: cool well yes are there any more any more tidbits you want to share
0: oh god no no i think that's it i think i've talked too much (laughs) better edit this down
1: (laughs) cool yeah so thanks so much for speaking to us um, we are going to have some more interviews planned with the rest of the Type 0 HD cast so if you're listening to this interview and it's the first one you've listened to um, go listen to the others and also be sure to listen to the other ones we have in the future but yeah thanks again Yeah,
0: don't judge their show based on my interview please
1: <laughs> I think it's a very good representation <laughs> yeah.
0: oh okay well if you say so <laughs> I'll take it thanks for having me this was super fun <laughs>